0: Welcome to KJV Cafe. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen. Each episode of the Cafe is dedicated to studying the Bible verse by verse from Genesis through Revelation. Your host here at the Cafe is Bible teacher Clark Covington. Looks like the coffee is hot and ready, so let's get started. Amen. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the Cafe pastor, Bible teacher, Clark Covington here with you today. Amen. Good to have you back. Season two, episode two. Oh man, that's exciting. We're going through the Bible. Amen. And uh, hopefully you were able to hear the first episode yesterday. If not, you know, look it up on your favorite podcast app, but we are moving right along in Genesis. We're in Genesis chapter one, Yesterday our verse was in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth and we spent a uh, 15 minutes looking at the importance of that verse and just to give you a quick summary we looked at the idea of the sovereignty of God we looked at the idea that because God is sovereign we should worry less we looked at the idea that because God is sovereign and has given us such a place in this world that he created to have dominion over it amen To not just survive, but to thrive, God deserves praise. He deserves heaps of praise. People don't give God his due credit. Now, yes, I know the Bible says, every knee shall bow, amen, and there will be a time that God will get his due credit. But this time, the age of grace, the age we're living in now, people don't give God credit. They don't fear God. They don't reverence God. They don't respect him like he should be respected. By large, I know there are some people out there that do, but by large, they don't. You know, it shouldn't be an odd thing that we thank God for our meal every day. That should be normal Christian living every day, every meal. We should, hey, God, you know what? You provided this. And if you want to get really specific, like the food on my plate you gave to me in your sovereignty and your providence, as well as um, you gave me dominion over whatever if it's a salad, you know, the the garden, you gave me dominion over that. Whether it's the um animals, you know, whether you're having a burger, you gave me dominion over that. Whatever it may be. Thank you God because you gave me this food and you are sovereign and you are great. And the doorbell rang. That has like literally never happened. The doorbell rang. I think that's God's way of saying, uh, "Hey, you know what?" After you check the door, get back on here, hit record again, and get to the latter part of the verse. Okay, so Genesis 1:1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Verse 2, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So now from verse 1, where we're getting a broad introduction to who God is, that he is the one that created the heaven and the earth. These are the kind of things that we can see. Well, certainly can, we can see the earth. And in Bible terms, heaven would be also like the sky. So it could be he created the sky and the earth. It could be he created space and the earth. He created the third heaven where we uh, go, where we're promised we get to go when we believe on Christ. Uh, God created it all. Okay. And now we get specifics. The earth was without form and void darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And so we know that it's dark. We know that there's water there and the earth was without form and void. So there was nothing going on. Right. And God said, this is verse three, let there be light. And there was light. Now I love the number three. I've done a series on the number three in the Bible. Three is a beautiful number in scripture. And here in the third verse of the first book in the Bible, in the Holy Bible, amen, we see that, you know what? God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now, again, I don't want to make too much of the placement of this verse but it is here in you know uh, good territory. It's right in the beginning. I gave the example last episode, like someone to pick up the Bible and just start reading. They would hit this real quickly, right? It's right at the beginning. It's right in um, the 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 eye line, so to speak, as you're looking, and that's important because I believe that light is symbolic of Jesus Christ, and that comes through Scripture, and that is a very big part of, uh, who Jesus is. He is the light. And you got to remember that here in verse two, the Bible tells us that, you know what, everything is dark, right? So it was uh darkness upon the face of the deep. Uh, the earth was without form. Okay. God moves upon the face of the waters and God said, let there be light. And there was light. And so we know that God's not just the creator of heaven and earth. He's also the creator of light because he is light. You know, my Bible tells me in heaven, we won't need the sun because God is light. Let me just read that passage to you. Revelation 21, 23 through 25. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it for the glory of God did lighten it. And the lamb is the light thereof. That's Jesus Christ. Amen. He lit it up and the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. Think about when you lock the gates, usually at night. Well, in heaven, there's no night, you know, because you don't need to lock them because there's no sin in heaven, there's no darkness in heaven, and God is the light. And so we see in the last book, amen, in the Bible, a reference even to the first book in the Bible, that in verse three here of chapter one of Genesis, it tells us, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. And notice how God created light. God said, he spoke it into existence. Amen. We see that God's power is so great that he simply speaks and it occurs. And so God speaks light into existence and we then have light. And if you're like me, you love the light. You know, some people have a seasonal disorder where they can't get enough light, amen. I love sunny days. I love the sunlight. I I don't like the night very much, amen. And I believe that scripture tells us that God is light. We're going to dive into how Jesus is light, where those references are when we come back from this short break. Stay tuned. You're listening to KJV Cafe we encourage you to look us up on your favorite podcast app and subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Now let's get back to some more in-depth Bible study. Amen. So here we have the first four verses. That's what we're going to focus on for the rest of this episode, specifically Jesus being the light. But verse one of Genesis one, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Verse two, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Verse 3, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And then verse 4, and God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. Notice here in verse 4, and again, this is where we're going to park it and spend the rest of our time here today. He saw what was good. He saw that the light was good. It doesn't mention that the darkness was good. It says that God saw the light, that it was good, and he divided the light from the darkness. So he created two seasons, if you will, of, of time, day and night, right? And we understand that God did this. So now we know here, just in the first four verses of the very first book in the Bible, that God's a creator of all things, he's sovereign that God speaks and it happens. He spoke and created light and that God saw the light being good, said, I'm going to make this into something called day and I'm going to make something else called night. Now, of course at night you have the moon as mentioned in revelation. So it's not completely pitch black unless you're living out here in the country and the moon's cloud covered or whatever it may be. It can get pretty dark out here or like at the beach or something as well. But uh, you have the moon um, to help light things up. And of course now we have Street lights, which oddly used to be blue out here. We used to have blue street lights. Those were the more, uh, I don't know, iridescent bulbs, whatever you call it. Now we got LEDs and they're, they're clearer, not as blue, but we used to have some crazy blue lights out here. I, I think in the country uh, where we live, you can get them very inexpensively installed on your property. But, uh, either way the night, is dark and the day is not. And who created day and night? God created day and night. So if anyone asks you, how do you know that God created day and night? You just go ahead and point them to Genesis 1 verses 1 through 4, and that should fill them in. Okay, so I mentioned Jesus being the light, and I believe this is a reference here uh, in terms of the light when it, it was good. That's a reference to Jesus being good as well, I believe. And I've got some notes on that. Uh, John 8:12 then Jesus spake again unto them saying I am the light of the world he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness but shall have the light of life so John 8:12 is literally hammering home what Genesis 1 is telling us about light and darkness light being good darkness not being good Jesus says I'm the light of the world Okay, And we're going to get really deep into this in a minute when we find out that Jesus made the world. But for now, looking at it just at, at face value, red letter text, Jesus, imagine he was just talking to you. Amen. I know he's speaking to uh, the, the Israelites, the disciples, uh, and so forth, but just imagine he's talking to you. Uh, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And so we see here this juxtaposition between following Jesus and walking in the light and living without Jesus and walking in darkness. And we see here the consequence of that. Jesus says, but shall have the light of life. Well, guess what? To follow Jesus is life, right? Jesus is righteousness. Jesus paid the cost for sin at Calvary. And so when we accept Christ as Savior— We have eternal life. The Bible tells us the wages of sin is death. And so we know that sin, which here is being referred to as darkness, that's death. And we know that we don't sin uh, just consciously, oh, we're just going to go sin. We sin because we're sinners. We're born sinners, right? It's who we are. It's in our DNA. To sin to the lost person is like breathing. It's like air, right? It just... Now again, the saved person—it's not—they're not perfect either. Yet they can be convicted by the Holy Spirit not to sin. They can be instructed uh, in God's Word not to sin. They can have spiritual discernment as they read and study God's Word to depart from sin. And so, yes, I believe the saved person should sin a lot less than the lost person because the lost person—they're just doing what they're you know really configured to do, and that started at the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve sinned, the original sin. Guess what? Death entered the picture. Paul writes that, okay, that death entered the picture by sin. Where does it say that, Brother Clark? I'm glad that you asked, or I'm glad that I asked on your behalf. Romans 5, verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And so Romans 5.12 tells us that when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, okay, you can say, well, Eve sinned first. Yeah, but Adam's the head of the house, so he's responsible as well. When they sinned in the Garden of Eden, death entered the picture. And ever since then, death has been hereditary. You hear about people that, oh, they're prone to alcoholism because their grandpa was an alcoholic, it's hereditary, or people are allergic, right? I'm allergic, and guess what? My dad's allergic, and if I had to guess, one of his parents was allergic, okay? It's hereditary. Sin is hereditary. It's in all of us. No one escapes it. And so we see that the wages of sin is death, amen, and that Christ is life, And that when we believe on Christ, we are saved, we're born again, amen, and we have eternal life through Jesus Christ and what he did to conquer sin on the cross for all that would believe. Not for everyone, because some people won't believe. And there's this false gospel that everybody's going to heaven, that we're all children of God and we're all going to heaven. That's a false gospel. God has given us a choice, amen. Why would Christ have to go to the cross? Why would he have to do that? If we weren't given an option to accept his free gift of salvation, God could have just snapped his fingers and eradicated sin. But he, God is holy, and he had the sinless, spotless lamb go to the cross on Calvary so that all that would believe on him and accept him as Lord and Savior would be saved. Because that relationship is a blood-bought relationship. And a lot comes with that, amen? The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. We have to understand that that the sin debt has to be paid. The ho- A holy God will not accept sin. And so if the sin debt has to be paid, Christ is the one to pay it. I wish I had more time. Guess what? Next episode, we're going into part two of this four, uh, these four verses to look deeper at how Jesus Christ is the light as mentioned in Genesis 1. I thank you so much for joining me on this journey as we go through the Bible. Tune in next time for part two. Take care, God bless, and amen. Thanks for spending time with us today at the cafe. We would love to hear from you. You can email Brother Clark directly at Clark at EnduringPromise.org. See you again tomorrow, same time, same place.